Let's take it to the edge. Let's get deflected. Let's talk about the night perspective. Let's get sharp. Let's get a little real. Hey guys, I'm Dan Eastlin with Dogwood Custom Knives, and I'm here with Kyle Daly of KH Daly Knives, and this is The Knife Perspective, episode number 034, our first last show. How you doing tonight, Kyle? Oh man, I've been at it like crazy. We have a new house now. We've all the stuff out of the old house. We've painted the old house, and now we just have to find somebody to buy the old house, and been unpacking and trying to get the Christmas rush of knives out to old town and some of the, the orders that I have on. So it's been crazy. And then the, the twin boys and wife and everybody, it's, it was a month and a half straight of not stopping until like 1030 at night, every night. And Thanksgiving was a nice relaxing. It was the first time I actually sat down for a couple days, but we still put up Christmas lights and put up our Christmas tree and everything. So we've been super busy. How have you how have you been doing, Dan? I'm good. Um good ish. Um, <laughs> this was our first uh our first Thanksgiving without my dad, so that was that was pretty weird. Boys have started wrestling, so we've really got to be careful about who we're around because one outbreak and it can shut down the whole wrestling team. So we're For a little sure. isolated. Um yep. and I'm going in Wednesday. I guess that's tomorrow, no, day after tomorrow, for shoulder surgery. So it's it's been kind of a crazy uh, couple of weeks. Yeah, hopefully your your shoulder gets healed up quick. I appreciate it. It's I'm going to be out for probably six weeks, two months. They're having to attach the other end of the bicep tendon that I tore last time and fix a rotator cuff and a labrum and grind some bones. I don't know. I, I quit paying attention after they... Well, I just quit paying attention. Did you say a labia? Labrum. <laughs> labrum. All righty. <laughs> I was uh, there. It, I, you know, it wasn't bad. I, I wasn't sure how you were going to, but labrum. <laughs> a ligament in the shoulder. Gotcha. girls have them. <laughs> all righty. Well, we have our sponsors tonight, Cage Daily Knives and Dogwood Customize for all your knife needs. And check out our dealers, Old Town Cutlery. We have both of our knives there. Just sent 13 knives and getting ready to send another 10 knives. So they'll be well stocked with Cage Daily Knives. And I know Dan just sent a couple of boxes their way. I saw them up on their website. There was a really sweet blue Firefly, one of your the production production kitchen knife one that really stood out to me so check those out they do a lot to help support us you can also find dan's knives at knife center the knife house and the cook station so check out those other three dealers for dogwood custom knives so for shout for shout outs for the podcast it's been almost a year but we are officially accepted on pandora I'm not really exactly sure why it took so long for them to go through the approval process, but I put it in in like February of last year and it just now got approved. So if you like listening to music on Pandora, you can, you can tell it to, to listen to the knife perspective and hopefully hear our lovely voices. To be fair, if I were them, I wouldn't have let us on either, <laughs> but you know, I don't want to be, yeah, I do. I'm bragging. We are now on every podcast platform aren't we all the ones that i know of yeah. i have pandora was the last one that people had messaged me about asking if we were going to be on there so really? i don't know of any I'll other we're on every podcast platform whatever yeah. platform you're using you can find us yep well you've already found us because you're listening to this but you can tell your friends to come find us at whatever platform they want yep 
And then the other shout out I had was Harleywood on Instagram. He also has a YouTube channel and him and I have become pretty good friends since my first blade show. He stopped by the, so I've been watching a lot more of his YouTube videos and stuff. And I'd always not liked light flashlights because of their, their front switch. I like to carry my, my flashlight in my back pocket. So it would, I felt like it would always turn on on me, but they came out with a, a light that he reviewed on his channel. And I ended up picking it up during their black Friday uh, super sale. It's called the Marauder two. And it is a 14,000 lumen searchlight. And uh, yeah, so it has a spotlight mode. And then I think the, the spotlight mode is like 800 lumens or something, but it, it can throw it 800 meters, which is about a half a mile Yeah, with the, the lens focusing lens on it. And then it has 12 other LEDs around the outside that when you, you put it to the the flood mode that it's 14,000 lumens. So it even has like a proximity sensor in the front. So if you stick your hand or put it too close to something, it actually de- or turns all the backs, all the lights off. So you don't fr- uh, catch whatever it is on fire. That's, so. that's borderline a laser, isn't it? Yeah, pretty close. And it's, it's the big part of the, the flashlight is just a little bit bigger than a pop can. And then the main body is about the size of a white call can. If you, if you've ever had one of those, no, I never have because yeah. I'm a man. Yeah. I haven't had one either, but my wife has had quite a few. Okay. But so what's a pop can? A pop can? Beer can. We can go with that. Oh, beer soda can. can. Soda can, Coke can, whatever oh, you want to call it. Oh, Coke can. Okay. I got you. <laughs> oh, you South Carolina people. Carolinas is Pepsi territory, but having grown up around Atlanta, I, my, my, my first loyalty is Coke. Um, okay. But I have to admit, the Carolinas, actually, cheer wine is kind of my, my safety drink. Really? Because that's the way I'm not. It's also a, a South Carolina beverage, but that way I'm not betraying my Coke ancestry with uh, with Pepsi, but I'm still drinking a hometown drink. Yeah, I drink a lot more Diet Pepsi than I probably should and a lot more Diet Mountain Dew than I should. But there was a there was a, a bright spot with one of my boys, Luke. He's super he always wants to wants to help out. And I said, hey, can you go get me a silver pop from the, the basement? And then the next thing I know, he's handed me a diet Pepsi and I'm like, heck yeah, this kid thing's actually starting to like work out a little bit. We had had a party at our house when the boys were, were toddlers age, about the age of y'all of yours. Mm-hmm. And it was the day after, and I was cleaning up afterward and we we're unloading the cooler to put stuff back in the fridge. And Jackson would pick up a can and show it to me say, what is this? And I'd be like, Coke, show me another one, Sprite. And we're working through the cooler and he picks up a Bud Light and he looks at it and goes, Uncle Jay. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Oh, man. Oh, I also wanted to give another shout out to Aaron McVeigh of Left Coast Custom Knives. He uh, put up a super funny meme. Apparently, he's caught up on all of his past episodes. And it's the the guy that's like sitting and waiting. And then he's at the table waiting and he's like standing and waiting he said he's waiting for more podcasts, so hopefully we'll we'll get more up here soon for you, Aaron. First of all, I am I, that's a huge compliment that someone took the time to make a meme about us. Mm-hmm. But I do have to tell you that the the guy in that meme is Pablo Escobar. Oh, Pablo Escobar. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, there you go, Pablo you, Escobar. You know, you're a little young. You probably don't know who he is, but you you should Google it. I didn't know what he looked like, but. I do know, do know the the infamous drug lord. All right, we won't talk about how I know what he looks like then. <laughs> so you have have a shout out. I think you covered my shout outs. Uh, okay. Alrighty. So the the main thing we were going to talk about this this show was Dan is taking on a lot of responsibility here with creating a guild in South Carolina. You want to talk about that a little bit, Dan? Well, it seems like I'm taking out a lot of responsibility, but I tricked a couple of suckers into being officers with me. You're delegating a lot of responsibility? Yeah, so really, I'm just delegating. 
<laughs> already. And they're, they are surprisingly competent. So I don't even delegate anymore. They just tell me what they're doing. And I, I nod my head and give a sage, mm-hmm, that's a good idea. You should carry on with that. <laughs> nice. And uh, one of those poor suckers is joining us tonight. Yeah. He is the man behind Fire Ace Forge. He's a fellow maker and the newly minted, uh, I believe his official title is head of social media and marketing for the South Carolina Custom Knife Makers Guild. Hi, Ben. What's going on, guys? How are you guys doing tonight? Pretty good. <clears throat> I'm too sober for this late at night. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you never yeah. had any, what was that? Was that beer you always drank? Oh, uh, Sweet Baby Jesus. One. Yeah, no, Sweet Baby I, Jesus. No, I, all right, I got a little fat. <laughs> er, okay, I got a little fat, er, and I've been having to be a little little more calorie conscious. I can't do the, the dark beer right now. Um, I'm sticking to clear liquids, um, like vodka. So, vo- so vodka? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, little behind this. A little behind the scenes for you guys. When Dan's having a really good episode, it doesn't say Dan on his recording name. It just says vodka. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're a little little behind the scene teaser for all you guys out there. Yeah. So if you're a guest and you see Dan, you know, you're going to get kind of low key, well-behaved Dan. He's, He's still somewhat professional. If you see something like vodka or vodka and pain meds, you might as well just go ahead and buckle your seat and hold on with both hands. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Yeah, those are the shows where Kyle has to edit the, the first hour and a half of a three-hour podcast. <laughs> so, Ben, you want to <laughs> give everybody a little bit of background on your knife-making journey so far? Sure. Yeah, so I got into this probably three to four years ago, started doing some research and looking into folks. And really the last two years, I've been kind of progressing myself. I met up with some local guys in the area here in South Carolina, and I feel like I've gotten to be able to progress myself quite a bit. I still have so much to go, but it's been awesome meeting people. I was able to go to Blade Show in 2019, met a ton of people there, missed out seeing you guys, which I definitely obviously should have and next blade show will not make that mistake can you even um, say you but yeah it's been kyle and i <laughs> yeah yeah i i know i walked right by kyle for sure and definitely in the pit as well too i don't know that i walked by your booth there dan but i was definitely there i had a ton of fun it was a blast and you know it's been pretty awesome getting to this point you know i've been able to partner up with my buddy, John Medlin, who is one of the other officers of the South Carolina Custom Knife Makers Guild. And we have been able to work on projects that he got over this past year. So we had a project, 200 cleavers that John got in for an order. And I was very lucky to be able to help with that. It gave me a lot of experience, a lot of grinding. Yeah. All kinds of learning going I, on there. I, so John's Ace, leather, and, and knife. That's it. Ace, leather, and knife. Yeah. And on Instagram, it's John951. Uh, I think so. I'll check. Well, think uh, I, you'd think I'd know well. it by now, but. Yeah, close yeah, personal John, friend. Here. John, John underscore Medlin951. Well, you know, people putting numbers on the end of their stuff. I don't, I don't get it. No, I'm just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, try, the, be, try being dyslexic and looking up somebody on uh, Instagram. Like it takes yeah. me forty five. <laughs> if you want the, me to find, I can imagine. All the underscores no, get obnoxious too from time to time. I know, I know. <laughs> they they definitely do, especially when there's like sixteen of them or something like that. I have one in my. No, I don't have one in mine. Mine is mine is no underscores at all. Just fiery ice forge. But anyway. Uh, yeah, so it's I've learned a crap ton from John, and uh, you know I just keep trying to meet whoever I can and get more involved. One pretty cool thing recently, I have collected the courses that Kyle Royer, Master Smith Kyle Royer, has put out, and they have recently made me a, an affiliate 
of the Royer X courses and provided me with a link that I can give out to people. So, which is pretty freaking awesome. I'm watching the third one that they came out with. There's the takedown knife buoy. That one's freaking awesome. There is a fluted handle and wire wrap course as well too. That one is pretty awesome as well too. That one's pretty far from my scale at this point. And then the newest one is the beginner bladesmith. And it is, I've just started watching that one, probably six or seven videos into it. And it's freaking awesome. So goes over a lot of detail with stuff and it's, you know, there's, there's not too many better sources of information than a master smith out there. So, you know, that's, that's been pretty cool. And bringing that information out to, especially us younger users, is part of the reason we form the the South Carolina Guild. A hundred percent. I don't know if Kyle is that much younger than, uh, than you, Dan. Well, I meant younger. Actually, <laughs> so I believe Royer is actually younger than all three of us. Really? I believe he just turned 30 uh, this past oh. weekend. Yeah, I just meant that as in so. your, your, your lifespan as a maker. <laughs> Sure. Gotcha. Yeah, he's definitely put way more time in. That's for for dang sure. So he's yep. yeah, and the level of detail that that man puts into his work is freaking phenomenal. Yeah, he seems to have a pretty good crew of uh, his. I think it's his brother and his dad and stuff yep. too, and his mother as well too. It's it's a family ordeal. And then his other brother, Caleb Royer, is the the photographer, the knife photographer that everybody goes to to get those really awesome high quality shots that are like on the same level as like sharp by coop and stuff like that. Caleb makes some really great edits and can take some really awesome pictures. So the whole family that's, they've gotten into all that together and they just, you know, they're, they're contributing what they can to the knife making world as well too, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. But yeah. And then I heard Dan, talk on the podcast here not all that long ago about hey would somebody in south carolina be interested in starting a custom knife makers guild like the georgia knife makers guild and i'm like well i'm in south carolina so i have to be a part of that you know (laughs) yeah you, you answered the calvary call which i can't thank you enough for and before we get too much into the first meeting i wanted to there's probably at least of the five listeners, there's probably two of them that don't know about the Georgia Guild or or that model. And the Georgia Custom Knife Makers Guild was hugely helpful in me getting my start. And they're they're a little different configuration than most people think of when you think of a guild. It's not a an apprentice journeyman master kind of guild. Its sole purpose is teaching. They do four meetings a year. Each meeting is at a different shop. That way you can learn not just techniques from people doing demos, but I learn something every time I walk into somebody's shop. I see some unique setup or tool equipment or the way they arrange something. So bringing other people into your shop is a great, great source of education. Like I said, jigs, techniques, you know, and it can be something as simple as how they organize 15 different grits of sandpaper, or it could be some really unique way of wiring something. There's, you never know what it is you're going to learn, but you learn something. And then they do the big meetings might be six or eight demos where you'll have, if not masters, smiths, certainly hugely skilled people teaching you tricks and trades. And it's a hands-on kind of instruction where you can ask questions. So I know I get certainly more out of it than reading a book. And I get more, even more than just watching a video because you get the, the feedback. You can say, hey, you know, how exactly are you? Or you can try the technique that they're teaching and then they can critique you. Uh, so the guild is set up as anybody, anybody that can make the meetings can join. And then to be a voting member, you present three knives to the board and they jury you in to be a voting member. But those are the only requirements. And their their only goal is to 
to increase the amount of knowledge to makers. Kind of the concept of a rising tide lifts all ships. And it could be somebody talking about marketing. It could be, you know, how to run a business, how to set up a shop, obviously how to do grinds, how to do foraging. That was the model that I, that I so benefited from in Georgia. And when I came up to South Carolina, I knew that there were really phenomenal makers in South Carolina, but I was having trouble finding them. And that's as people that have heard the earlier podcast, that was my spark of we've got really skilled people here, but they're all working in a bubble. Let's bring them together. Let's move the meetings to different parts of the state. So it's easier for people to make two meetings a year and let's get some of this information. Let's start exchanging it. Let's, let's build the, the maker community in South Carolina. That little seed of an idea is, uh, is where Ben and John have, have come to help me out, try to get some organization to it. And based on the first meeting, I, I feel like we're off to a huge start. Yeah, I definitely would agree. I, I was able to attend the first meeting there at your shop, and it was a ton of fun. We had Jason Knight come over. We had Chef Craig, who's been on the podcast. He was there making some crazy food. He was talking chopping with some kitchen knives. And then Andy Roy from Fiddleback was there demoing some grind tips, which was freaking cool. Yeah. And I, I've got to admit, you were not the first person to respond. You were one of the first. Jason Knight was the first person to respond when I made that initial call. And I can't thank him enough because he just sent me a message and said, what do you need? What help do you need? And having, having a more cool. name and somebody like him that's willing to take the time. I mean, he didn't charge us a thing. Just out of the goodness of his heart, he drove down to the shop and talked about kind of the conceptual, the concept behind what it takes to be a knife maker, like where your head needs to be if you want to be successful. And just so uh, so the other chefs aren't left out, Chef Ralph. So so wait wait one second there, Dan. So you, so Jason Knight listens to the podcast. Or did he get get that info from somewhere else? You know, I'm assuming that that like a friend of a friend, because I can't imagine that that somebody like Jason Knight would would take the time <laughs> to listen to us. Uh, alrighty. Well, Jason, thanks for thanks for listening. If you do, and if somebody else forwarded it on to him, thanks for forwarding it on. Now, I, I think he might actually listen. I, nice. I think he's the shadow sixth listener that we we don't really know about. Gotcha. Uh, but I also want to give give some thanks to uh, Chef Ralph, who is the executive chef for Bob Jones University, and uh, Hudson, who is the captain of Too Bad You're My Cousin Competitive Barbecue. And that was that was Hudson's big smoking rig that that everybody was cooking on. Nice. So you had a bunch of good food there. What all What all did you make for the first? First deal. Let's see, Chef Ralph started out with the correct term just escaped me. I'm going to look like such a jackass. Whole yeah, hog? terms I can't I can't help you with. It's going to uh, hopefully I'll remember in a minute and we'll edit this back in. It is really nice buttery toast with toppings on it. Texas toast? No, it's you see it a lot. <laughs> My God, I am so freaking embarrassed right now. You're you're like the foodie of the the three here on the podcast. Yeah, I, I dude, I eat it. I don't make it. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta order it though. Yeah, well, you just point at picture, right? Well, and actually, it's kind of funny because like I'll be talking to Craig and I'll be getting some advice on a menu or something, and I'll I'll talk about what I'm doing and he'll say, you know, your base. I'm like, what? And he'll say, what you're talking about? That's a bullion race. I'm like, oh, I, I had no idea it was a name. I, I, I thought it was like a seafood stew kind of things. Like, yeah, that's what it means. But I don't have the formal education to know what it's called. All I know, it was all delicious. Oh, oh did. yeah. I wish, again, I cannot remember the correct name for the technique. But he, man, we, we started the, the fire at like 4.30 in the morning. And as we're prepping things, he's kind of given Hudson and I a rundown of like there used to be a time that that the keeper of the oven, that was a, a village job. Like your job was 
you maintain the oven and people would bring you dough or whatever that needed to be baked and you would bake it. And he took this technique where we prep the vegetables and put them in a pan and put them on the bottom rack of the, the smoker. And then all the meat that we were cooking, like the pork butts and stuff went on top. So as the, the fats dripped out, they were caught in the pan with the vegetables and then the vegetables were slow roasted in the, the pork fat. Nice. It's got a name. I can't remember what it's called, but it is. It should be called freaking awesome. It's delicious. It's called delicious. Yep. It's not confit. That's usually no, usually that, duck, that, but yeah, that's cooked in the that's cooked in in the fat, like uh, poached in fat. Okay. And that I also learned cooking with Craig was also a preservation technique because the fat would be at boiling temperature, so everything was sanitary. And then as it cooled, you would get a, a hard fat cap that sealed the top. Hmm. And as long as that top stayed intact, everything below it stayed sterile. So it was not only a cooking technique, but a preservation technique. Nice. Yeah. You know what? I'll call Craig tomorrow and get bruschette. That's a mispronunciation, but that's what Chef Ralph started us out with. Bruschetta? Yeah. Like tomatoes and basil and Parmesan and stuff? Yeah, I, I told you I'm a dumbass sometimes. <laughs> you should have told me what was on top. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> There's a lot of information that I probably should have shared throughout my life, and it, it just didn't happen, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so you had you started off with bruschetta, then you had the roasted vegetables and pork shoulders and stuff. And um, else? it's not romalade because that's a Creole... Uh, mustard, but it's a technique where isn't that roasted peppers and onions, remoulade? No, that's a. Uh, it's got a consistency like mustard. It's a, a Creole condiment. Okay, but he did a technique where he, he cut the the pork butts and kind of made it into one long strip, seasoned it, and then rolled it up tight and tied it with baker's twine and roasted it. A pancetta. No, it it wasn't cured like a pancetta. It was or pork porkchetta. And he did one with like an Argentine seasoning, and then one with with more of a South American type seasoning. Okay. Uh, and then there was a smoked salmon. There was the vegetables cooked in pork fat. So you better hope that you didn't have any uh, vegetarians show up for the first one. Yeah, no, we there was grass in the parking lot. <laughs> Uh, we had uh, rice and beans. You know what? Uh, uh, hey, Ben, have you put up the pictures from that yet on the Facebook page? Yes. Go to... Yes, I have. The link is way further down. By the time you hear this podcast, Ben will put a, have put up the pictures. But we had a 16-foot... We had two 8-foot tables butted together to cover the whole spread. Very cool. Any dessert? And that's at the S.C. Custom Knife Makers Guild Facebook group. With underscores in between all of them? <laughs> no, with Facebook, you don't have to do that, Kyle. <laughs> you know, and if you didn't, if you didn't write that down, if you if you got a short term memory kind of thing like I do, down in the show notes there's the link. We we're actually gonna talk about Facebook later on, but hey. We're freeform. We just go with things here. Sometimes they're a little out of order. Sometimes, screw it. Should have Dan made show notes? Probably not. But, you know, he put the time into it, so let's not worry about it. <laughs> yeah. But we're getting distracted. Yeah. You know, I thank you to Andy Roy for his flat grind demo. I thank you to Pops Knife Supply. They were out there with some uh, – actually, they had just about everything you needed to make a knife. Handle materials, steel, abrasives, belts. Obviously, Jason Knight was there. I heard Ben drop some money at the the Pops booth. Or I Pops couldn't table. help it. Like they started splay, splaying out all this stuff, and I'm like, I'm in trouble. I I already know I'm in trouble. You know, it was like, I I you know. And Ben's like, hey, I can save the shipping. I'm I'm actually saving money by doing this. That's exact. That's that's what I said to myself. I, you mm-hmm. know, I. That was that was really the only thing I could say to myself. But yeah, I totally did. 
Hey, it can right. me, man. All right, now to now to stroke your ego a little bit. I heard I heard you had a little segment you did, Dan. I did actually. I teamed up with uh, Chef Craig and did a little. Craig talked about culinary knife skills because that you know if, if you've come out making outdoor knives, making that change to culinary knives, the techniques are very different. the The grip is very different. The thickness of the blade is super different. Yeah. Well, and Craig did some demos on the, this is kitchen technique. And then I was able to show, all right, this technique is why the blades are this way or the handle is this way. So we kind of teamed up and did a a cause and effect on how to design kitchen knives. And then I did a little hand sharpening demo. Using your diamond stones or. Yeah. And obviously if you, Diamond stones, water stones, oil stones. The technique works on whatever type of stone you're using, but I, I use the diamond stones because I'm lazy. I had to break out my stones and uh, sharpen sharpen a completely unsharpened knife because I couldn't get my knife grinder to work with the GFCI outlet. And I needed to deliver a knife to one of my coworkers for his son's birthday and going from about you know, 10 thousandths at the edge I'm glad I had some diamond stones because that 154 CM took quite a while to get that down to a secondary bevel. Yeah. And I actually finish all of mine by hand. And I know most people just slow the grinder down and establish the edge on the grinder, but I just hand sharpened for so long. I'm I'm more comfortable finishing them by hand. Okay. So do you do the secondary bevel on the, on the grinder or do you just, or do you start at like your fine diamond stone? Yeah. So I'll take it down, you know, 10,000, a little less on the grinder. I start putting the finished grind on and then the secondary bevel I do entirely by hand. Okay. Wow. Um, and I'll start with like a 300 grit stone and then work up to 1600, 2000 and then strop it. Okay, cool. Because I like doing things the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've done some stone stuff, but I just prefer to do the whole thing on the, on the grinder. Yeah. I I freely admit that I don't do it the most efficient way. It's just, it's what I'm comfortable with. Yeah. What about you, Ben? How do you finish yours? Well, first I picked up the Lansky and I had done some like that, finished them out that way. I recently did pick up some stones as well too. I have a 3,000 and an 8,000 that I need a lot more practice with, basically. I'm doing okay with it, but I got I to gotta do some more. But the the slack belt. The 3 and 8,000, you're polishing. You're not even taking steel away with that. Right. Yeah. Well, that, that would be after I basically already. So I, before I get to that point, I would, I would definitely hit it probably with the slack belt on the grinder before I get to that point. So you do a convex micro bevel? Yeah, for the most part, for all the ones that I finished up, that's that would be what I would do. gives a gives a little more strength, I think. Yeah. So cool. I I spent way too much money on different sharpening things. One of the guys at work was wanted to get rid of his Wicked Edge, so I bought that sharpened like three just folding pocket knives on it, and I'm like, I I don't really want to use this anymore. This <laughs> takes forever, <laughs> but uh, it does hold it. Hold the angle absolutely precise. And part of the reason he got rid of it was he actually, if you go way too far and then come back, you can stab your finger, your thumb oh. with the point of the knife. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I can still weirded out about that. And yeah. Yeah. I liked, I liked the concept of the wicked edge and I could see if I was a, if I was a person that owned knives and only sharpened every now and then, I think it'd be awesome. If I have to do 14 knives every Friday, I, I, I couldn't do it. Yeah. I've got a uh, traditional slip joint that I, I keep using using it on that just because I want to try to make that blade last as long as possible to take off just the absolute minimum yeah. amount of steel. I've heard a lot of good things about the KME system. Yeah. There's a lot of similar stone systems that are all kind of that stone on a bar. Sharpening. Yeah. Delios. Yeah. There's like a, like Lansky KME. 
yet again, we've diverged from the show notes. So, you know, don't worry about that, guys. Wow. No, yeah. Well, somebody no, didn't give, give me that. show notes. So, you know, yeah, well, that, what do you, what see, do you want from me? See, we talk, <laughs> we talk trash about you in the show notes, but we can't let you see them. Oh, dang it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So next meeting we've got coming up for the South Carolina Custom Knife Makers Guild. That's the South Carolina Custom Knife Makers Guild. If you are in South Carolina and need to know about knives, come join us at the South Carolina Custom Knife Makers Guild. Ben and John have gotten thoroughly thrown under the bus and even allowed to let them think it was their idea to, to host the next <laughs> meeting. Nice. And that's February yeah, yeah. outside of Charleston. Closer to Columbia. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's about 30 minutes south of Columbia in St. Matthews. St. Matthews, all right. In, and, in between Charleston and Columbia, though. And if you want more information on that, check out the Facebook page. We will be updating you, but go ahead and put on the calendar February 27th in St. Matthews. You don't have to be a knife maker to join the guild. You've just got to be a knife enthusiast. Everybody is welcome. You don't even have to be an enthusiast. Everybody's welcome. And mm. that includes sheath makers, people interested in knives, hand, people that do handle materials. If, if you have anything to do with an industry that makes sharp and pointy things, you're more than welcome to join us. Yeah, very cool. And y'all already have a couple of demos lined up for that meeting. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, that's what you told me at the Where's last board. Where's my show notes at? Yeah. Let's see here. I, so in my the show demos notes, were John's department. <laughs> the demos were John's department. Notes, yeah. Let's see here. Hold on. Hold on. You got it? Yeah. We've got, uh, we got a forging demo, com- at least one forging demo committed already. We've got uh, Broadback Grinders are going to be down there. They're going to have one of their grinders set up and obviously you're going to be talking about grinders. In this case, it's a specific two by 72, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So they'll be doing uh, some demos. I think it'll be a chance for you to get hands on. So bring a respirator and eye protection. If you want to take that for a little test drive, we've got an abrasive company that's going to be coming down. Just, man, I have recently found out how much I don't know about abrasives and picking the right belts. Pops Knife Supply will be down there. I have reason to believe there's going to be a couple of dealers down there scouting, looking for new makers. And that's all I am willing to commit to on the air right now. Yeah. Hopefully get this edited and up before before that show happens. Yeah, that would be <laughs> <What>? important. <laughs> what? <sighs> Come on, Kyle. Right, Kyle. Surely you can get it apart by Christmas, like, three months. Three months, Kyle. <laughs> Alrighty. Oh, <laughs> and uh, uh, we will be accepting official official members at that meeting. We'll be set up to taking dues, which is thirty five bucks a year, and uh, you can secure your status as a founding member of the South Carolina custom knife makers guild. Very cool. Yeah. And you want to talk a little bit about what that $35 a year does for the guild? The short version is it pays for everything right now. The three board members are, we're paying for the website, which is under building. We're doing the, we're setting up a corporation and then getting it set up as a 501 C. And there's two things. The, the membership dues, really just take care of the nuts and bolts. Hopefully we'll get enough members that we can do things like not have to rent tables. We can buy some tables so we don't have to rent tables for every meeting. We're also looking into having a table at Blade Show for the guild members to be able to to put their work on the guild table at Blade Show. So really for 35 bucks, you're keeping the 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 guild functional uh, and get this going. What, and typically what we do is the 35, 35 bucks a year is your, your membership. And then we will ask, we didn't do it this year, the first meeting, but this next meeting we'll ask people to bring something to donate to what's called iron in the fire. 
And it can be anything. It can be some handle materials. It can be some metal. It can be pen materials, something knife-making related. And what we'll do is we'll raffle that off, and the proceeds from that raffle will offset the cost of the, the host. Because for this meeting, they are getting a, a barbecue food truck to come out. They're paying for that out of their own pocket. They're going to be renting tables and chairs and the cost and hassle of setting it up. So the, the iron in the fire raffle one is a great chance for you to spend a couple of bucks and get some pretty solid materials. And the way that usually works is you get raffle tickets at the end of the uh, meeting. We'll start calling name or numbers. If it's your number, you get to pick something off the table and we just keep going until everything on the table is gone. Awesome. You may even be able to get a knife out of something like that. Who knows? Who knows what somebody will bring? Yeah. Uh, someone might bring a finished knife. Someone might bring some, some mid-tech blade blanks and S35VN. You never know. Oh. Maybe. Okay, That'd so some cool. unfinished knives too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Oh, yeah. Is- but that's as a maker, that's awesome. Well, and this is for enthusiasts and makers. You know, how many people didn't get their start putting handles on finished blade blanks? Exactly. So as... Or they're just a huge glutton for punishment and jumped into the the deep end of the pool. Yeah. Or (laughs) not only jumped into the deep end of the pool, but did it with a psychotic Cajun. (laughs) So as as y'all noticed in the, in the, the beginning of the show... This is our, our first last episode. It's kind of a big deal. Wait, wait. What are you what are you talking about? This this is the first last episode. What is that? Um, so this is the last episode of the year. So this is the first what? time we've had a last episode of the year. Just go with it, Ben. <laughs> oh, come on, <laughs> come on, Dan. <laughs> come on. Now you know why I don't have any friends. but since kyle will probably get this up before the end of january or at least close to that and this is kind of the uh, an end of the year show closing things out do y'all have any plans for the upcoming year new patterns i mean kyle's already got a new shop it's gonna be hard to top that but what are y'all looking forward to what's what's going to be new for the new year for y'all I cannot wait to have 220 volts in my garage. (laughs) (laughs) I had to, I had to pull those grinders back up. Yeah. I had to open up my VFD and move the, move the, the wires around so it can run on 110 and cross my fingers every time I hit the start button that it doesn't blow the breaker. (laughs) You'd probably like more than seven amps as well. Wouldn't you? Well, it's got it's got twenty amps out there, but that runs everything. So, <laughs> so that's you gotta, the you got to turn the lights off when you start your grinder. <laughs> I was, yeah. So I had I had so two Christmases ago, I I got one of those Milwaukee battery powered shop lights and battery powered shop lights. So I had that over my head that I was using for the the light while I was grinding. <laughs> Well, I was just hoping that like you would turn it on and the startup load would pass and then you'd be able to turn on a light to grind. I, I'm impressed you were pulling it off with a flashlight. Yeah. Yep. That's dedication, man. Well, the, it's, to call that call that thing a flashlight, I mean, it, it's like 2,500 lumens. It's, it's like those halogen type lights that you put outside. You let in fact interfere what was starting to be a phenomenal story. I was about to talk about the plucky knife maker picking himself out by his own bootstraps, so committed, so indifferent to his own personal safety that he was willing to grind by flashlight. I mean, flashlight, yeah. well, I think it was just a candle. He, he had nothing but a candle for light and warmth, but he was so committed to his craft. But no, you mm-hmm. you're doing the story, man. Nope. <laughs> it's just Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. Freaking engineer. Yeah. Just Kyle. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Then the don't don't use the air compressor while I'm I'm grinding so it doesn't kick on. <laughs> oh man. So. What about so. you, Ben? What you got going on? 
So I definitely, I have some new designs I'm working on. I got to get some grinding on some bevels. I got a couple handles to finish out as well too. So yeah, probably going to take on uh, Kyle Royer's beginner bladesmith knife that he's got in that course and try to tackle that the, at least the first quarter of the year. And then who knows for the rest of the year, honestly, you know, with things going the way they have been this past year, who really knows? So take it, take it when it comes and plan as much as I can for it. So learn as much as I can while I can. Yeah, the, the, the plague's not over. We might get our zombies after all. For sure. All right. <laughs> I, I'm kind of cheating. Don't forget the double tap rule. Yeah. And stretch out. Cardio is important. I always number up. <laughs> oh, I'm screwed. <laughs> oh. Yeah. If, if you ever see me running, you better start running too, because something really bad is <laughs> behind. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the EOD guys. Same if you here. see them running, you best keep up. Yeah. <laughs> so you, or you have some news with uh, stuff for next year, Dan? Or? I do. I'm cheating a little bit. I had some stuff to premiere at Blade Show this year that I didn't get to do. One of them is a, a Tomahawk in S35VN, uh, fully stainless steel, fully particle steel, S35VN, but it'll take uh, traditional Tomahawk halves. So okay. from the outside, it looks just like an old school traditional tomahawk, but it is S thirty five VN. So you did you forge it or secret? All right, uh, but it's bit, but it's bent. It's not. Yeah. yeah, it's not like the flat sheet with a edge bevel ground on it. Right. No, it's uh, okay. Yeah, from the exterior, it looks like a traditional tomahawk. Okay, excellent, man. We're going to we're going to expand the mid tech line. We're adding uh, three new patterns to the mid tech line. And, okay, uh, you know, I, I've I've had a lot of time to just kind of sketch. You know, at the beginning of the year, I couldn't work for a couple of months, so I've got a couple of new patterns that I'm excited about. That at least two of them are just going to be fun knives. It, they're they're the knives that I just said. You know what? I just want to make this. So the the gladius. No, I'm not there yet, but I've got that. I have got a bar of S35VN, or I'm sorry, a uh, a bar of SM100 that has been mocking me at the shop. I think I, I think I might have a, a a titanium alloy Gladius by Blade Show this year. So that's got to be a pretty big piece of steel, then. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, it's a nice size piece of bar stock. Because uh, that the SM100 stuff isn't cheap. No. So I thought I was getting three thirty seconds and I got five thirty seconds. Oh. So it was too thick to do for the kitchen knives that I was planning on doing. And they were good. They worked with me. But no, it was not a cheap piece of steel, which is the reason for the last three and a half years, it's been sitting in the shop waiting to see what it wants to be. Yeah. But I am thinking a Gladius anodized in like a cobalt blue. Hmm. Okay. Sounds sweet. I thought S I thought the, the SM one hundred stuff though, you kinda it got all of its colors from the heat treat was kind of just a luck of the draw thing. I will get back to that, that. I have read that I have read that you can also anodize it because of the uh titanium content. Okay. Yeah. Right. And Dylan, if you're if you're listening, I want to see that thirty six inch uh, sword that you started like five years ago. You need to you need to get that one. <laughs> Need to grind some more on that. He's too busy uh, making videos. Yeah, well, and getting taken down on YouTube apparently. Yeah, you know. It, all right, so you know Dylan Fletcher, if y'all aren't familiar or knew who we were talking about, also does some firearms videos. And his most recent, he he did a little talk about what it takes to try and get a video approved by YouTube. And how many videos he's had taken down or more just keep a video up. Yeah. <laughs> you can put anything up just to get taken down. Yeah. And the, the links that she's had to go to, to try and test because the, they enforce the guidelines. So inconsistently he's had a bunch of shadow sites, I guess would be the correct term that are just sacrificial where he'll put it up and see if it'll survive. 
Well, Ben, you have any other things you want to want to talk about before we call this one good? No, nah, man, I appreciate you guys bringing me on and chatting with me and being on the podcast. It's been fun. Yeah. Thank you. Very cool. You want to tell people where they can find you? Oh, yeah. You can find me at Fiery Ice Forge on Instagram or Ben Seacrest on Facebook. And Ben will be teaching a class on marketing and recognizing opportunities to advertise at the next meeting, at the next guild meeting. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Yeah. Uh, I, I got to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And you can keep in touch with the podcast at knifeperspective.com that has all of our shows and all the show notes. You'll find links to a lot of the stuff. Dan needs to get get me a bunch of links for all the things he said would be linked in this podcast. But yeah, you can connect with us on Facebook and Instagrams where we're most active. Instagrams where I see the most activity. But you can also keep in touch with us, like we mentioned earlier, on Pandora the new one we just got approved and on iTunes, Spotify, Google podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn radio and iHeartRadio. So hopefully one of those is where you guys listen and you can also help support the podcast. We have some stickers and you can donate to the podcast too on our website. If you are enjoying the content, we've had a few people do that the, the last couple of weeks. And if y'all don't mind, if you really want to help out, take a minute, whatever platform you're listening to rate us, make a comment, talk about how awesome Dan is, you know, whatever it is. But I would personally appreciate it. If you could take a second, it really helps us. It, it gets us bumped up and in, in search parameters. Yeah. And just sharing it with other people that, you know, a lot of the enthusiasts and makers and stuff, just sharing it that way. And you can stay in touch with Dan of Dogwood Custom Knives and on Facebook and Instagram and dogwoodcustomknives.com. And uh, if you really want to aggravate him, send him an email, dan at dogwoodcustomknives.com. And you can keep in touch with me, Kyle Daly of Cage Daily Knives at cagedailyknives.com. And I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cage Daily Knives. So, and just for the record, Kyle. I hit enter next to the one link that I said I would provide at Facebook and it turned it blue. So yeah, the, the link is in there. Uh, <laughs> all right. Just check if you would just correct all the spelling and grammar would be good to go. All righty. Well, thanks Ben. And thank you guys for helping to get another guild and teach a bunch of people more about knife making. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. Everyone, stay safe. Say good night. Good night, Kyle. Well, let's take it to the edge, cause that's what's expected in this discussion. This is the night prospective. Let's get to the point. We're gonna